Thank you for joining the ones changing the world. India's first future tech meets sustainability podcast. Today, I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Shailesh Chandra, who's the Managing Director for Tata Motors Passengers Vehicles Limited and Tata Passengers Electric Mobility Limited. So, Mr. Chandra, really appreciate you taking time being part of a humble effort. We try and raise awareness and bring leaders such as yourself and talk about how technology is impacting businesses and consumers. So when we start with climate, because I personally believe that it's one of the largest existential threat here in India and I think for globally also. So a report by IQ Air's World Air Quality Report suggested that out of the 50 most polluted cities in the world, it had 35 Indian cities on the list. And then obviously there are other reports which claims different numbers. Then there is Ghaziabad, which has the unwanted honor of being the second most polluted city in the world. And then there's Delhi, which has been ranked the world's most polluted capital city in the world. Then there's another report which suggests that India's pollution-related death was the highest globally. So obviously, climate crisis has become one of the largest existential threat for India. So do you think this clean energy transition or us moving from you know these IC vehicles to electric vehicles, solar vehicles could possibly help mitigate this large problem. Thanks for having me on the show. I think your question is very pertinent. Climate change uh, is uh, an issue that uh, the entire uh, uh, world is uh, facing and uh, this is going to lead to a lot of volatile climatic conditions and therefore there have been commitments given by different uh, countries in terms of uh, net carbon zero emission targets and uh, india has also you know signed to the cop 26 commitments and uh, therefore uh, the role of uh, road transportation sector which is uh, you know the third largest uh, emitter of co2 uh, uh, there's a there's a big role that uh, the transport sector has to play and therefore, uh, electrifying the transportation sector is an imperative. And specifically, specifically for India, if you really see, there's an added issue of uh, pollution, where 14 out of 15 most polluted cities in the world is in India. And on top of that, we know that 75% uh, uh, of our uh, fossil fuel uh, is uh, imported. And therefore, if you take into consideration all these three aspects, uh, EVs become an imperative and uh, therefore um, as far as the next uh, decade is concerned, uh, there's a need and there's uh, a necessity to make the transportation sector move towards electrification. So thank you, Mr. Chandra. So in sticking with the sustainability uh, space, there are different nations who are approaching uh, a model what works best for them. You know, there are nations who are uh, working on improving public transit and better prioritizing the needs of pedestrians and cyclists. And the approach is towards a shared mobility perspective. And, and there are reports uh, which claims that the Gen Z really, really cares about sustainability. They are keen to get away from the mindless consumption to a conservation model. You know, And they, they are also moving away from the ownership model to a rental model, you know, towards the share, shared mobility, towards the mobility as a service uh, in, in space. 
So how is Gen Z specifically impacting the mobility industry? So, you know, the new generation customers, you know, who are now the majority of uh, uh, the customers uh, of cars in India, at least, we are seeing that the median age has been coming down and therefore the choices are uh, slightly different. Um, there was a, you know, trend towards shift towards uh, a shared mobility uh, by these millennials. Uh, uh, but we have also seen specifically in India that uh, people while uh, uh, using shared mobility for a normal commuting between home to office do um, also keep, uh, you know, a personal car for their uh, freedom, for uh, moving uh, in privacy with their families, for going with excursion trip with their friends and families. So there's a, what to say, uh, a trend that one is seeing is uh, uh, for different purpose. People are using a shared mobility or a personal mobility. Uh, and therefore, uh, both uh, I expect uh, are going to grow in India. Uh, the new gen uh, customers are uh, uh, very confident. Uh, they are very, uh, they want cars to be uh, expressing their personality. So they are very uh, particular about uh, uh, the design, the in-cabin experience, the quality of the car's performance and are ready to pay for features. I think these are some of the changes that we are seeing. But I would say that uh, while the Gen Z is also very smart in terms of moving to shared mobility uh, for certain needs, certain transportation need of theirs, but they are also uh, very involved uh, in their uh, uh, interaction with, an, with a car and uh, expressing their personality uh, in the cars that they are going to use. So it's a it's a very mixed uh, kind of trend that we have been seeing between shared mobility and personal mobility. What are the policies and ecosystem support which you think could be extended by the government and which you feel if extended by, by the government will really help the acceleration of the clean energy and electric vehicle transition here in India. Uh, in the past, you know, few years, government has taken, I would say, uh, very firm actions to support the vision that it has laid down for 2030, which is 30% uh, of the vehicles uh, which will be sold uh, by the end of this decade is going to be electric. And uh, there are several steps that the government has already taken in terms of uh, the FAME 2 incentive policy, which is an outlay of nearly uh, 10,000 crore rupees uh, focused on giving demand incentives uh, for all categories of vehicles supporting the charging infrastructure and also the R&D. So, uh, you know, it's a very, very comprehensive uh, policy that the government has come out with. On top of that, the government is also supported uh, through a lower GST rate of 5% as compared to generally you see uh, the uh, cars are taxed anywhere between 28% to 50%. So this is a big support. Uh, also, many states have come with the uh, you know waiver on road tax registration, uh, and they have come with also uh, you know demand incentives uh, on top of the fame uh, for even the private segment. Uh, so there are multiple initiatives that the government has taken. On top of that, they are also. Uh, supporting localization through the PLI scheme, whether it is the PLI auto or for advanced chemistry cells. So all these initiatives are really giving the right signal uh, in the market, but more, more importantly, uh, uh, encouraging and motivating the customers as well as uh, different ecosystem players to invest in electrification.
when you talk about ev adoption you know you know people say that uh, the range anxiety is there and the charging infrastructure is not there so what according to you are the top challenges or the barriers for electric vehicle adoption here in india and how do you think that they could be overcome see there were multiple challenges and barriers and i would say some of them were real some of them were you know uh, more a mental barrier i would say let's take for example the price uh, charging infra range anxiety uh, lack of choices these were the top four uh, challenges and barrier and there has been a very uh, positive movement uh, in terms of overcoming these barriers in the last 3 4 years um the prices uh, have uh, been in the range of 25 to 30% premium over the conventional vehicles which used to be earlier 2 2 1/2 times more and therefore it made the electric vehicles completely unaffordable and uh, people did not consider them well so that has been taken care of by launch of products like nexon ev and some of the governmental incentive support that is being provided as i mentioned in the my earlier response so that has taken care of that price bit a lot but it still remains uh, to uh, a great extent uh, then you have uh, the issue of charging infra uh, people are fast realizing that uh, uh, they can charge their car uh, for uh, uh, from from their home charging solution and there is less requirement of public charging infra when they are running within the cities but as far as highway is concerned when highway running is concerned there is a need for charging infra and this is something which is uh, expanding very fast and this is what we have seen in the last 2 to 3 years uh, choices are still less but i would say there are very promising choices with the uh, products like nexon ev tigor ev and recently we launched the higher range nexon ev also which is nexon ev max so there are you know certain barriers which have been taken care of more choices need to come that would be uh, you know one of the challenges uh, which uh, the customers would have they would like to see more options it has come it has to come at different price points uh, with different body styles so they would like to have plethora of choices which is still uh, over a period of time we expect that uh, when uh, many other manufacturers also come in when tata motors come with comes with its uh, declared 10 products in the next 5 years i think this issue will also be taken care of uh and uh, as far as range anxiety is concerned uh, you recently saw that we launched the nexon ev max so there is an attempt by oems like us to keep enhancing the range as the battery prices are coming down so or i would say that lot of uh, you know barriers which were there uh, you know um, stopping the adoption of electric vehicles a lot of them have been taken care of but i would say still charging infra is in uh, a very nascent stage of its development but in 2 to 3 years we'll see uh, accelerated expansion more choices uh, need to be there for customers and these are also uh, you know this is also going to come in the uh, coming years so top two challenges which still remain i would say charging infra and you know lack of sufficient choices so how do we communicate the benefits of Uh, electric vehicle in a clean energy transition to the consumers and, and what does the overall market research and consumer feedback sentiment kind of suggest regarding electric electric vehicle adoption here in india yeah i think we'll have to really uh, take a multi pronged uh, approach uh, as far as awareness creation is concerned to communicate the benefits one is that we have uh, been running a lot of myth busting campaigns uh, to really overcome uh, 
the misconceptions around EVs and we did a Manali to lay kind of a trip just to showcase that uh, EVs can perform, you know, on very treacherous conditions also. Uh, it can be charged, you know, using a simple 15 ampere plug point, even if there is no charging intra available. Uh, so those kind of campaigns uh, really help. We also do range rallies, for example, uh, to give assurance uh, to the customers that range anxiety uh, is uh, too much overstated and uh, they can feel comfortable. Uh, so that's uh, the other kind of events that we do and continuous campaigns, you know, in terms of making people understand, uh, uh, you know, and overcome certain misconceptions that they would have on EVs. The one very big, uh, uh, what to say, uh, very impactful initiative would be to really drive the word of mouth through social media. And uh, good thing is that the early adopters of electric vehicles are very expressive and they like sharing their stories. And this is what we have been seeing that uh, all the 30, 35,000 people who have bought EVs have been posting their experience on the social media and uh, talking about uh, how they have been able to overcome uh, the challenges that uh, would be in the mind of prospective customers. So those kind of videos are really helping in giving greater confidence uh, to the consumers. Uh, so this is this is another another big initiative I would say that uh, really helps and uh, we need to continuously let the experts also create videos and talk about the benefit in terms of total cost of ownership benefit. There are people within two years uh, who have uh, saved a lot uh, uh, in terms of the premium that they would have paid for electric vehicle has been completely offset with the running cost benefit that they have accumulated. So I think combination of all these uh, initiatives really help in uh, 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 letting people know the benefits of electric vehicles and overcoming the myths and misconceptions that are there. Um, regarding you know, uh, the adoption of EVs and what the research is saying, I think we, we collect a lot of data through telematics uh, and uh, also continuously do research in terms of how the adoption is propagating. Uh, and how it is penetrating. What is coming out is that there is growing confidence now in the EV because when we started a journey three, four years back, adoption of a new technology was uh, the biggest barrier and the customers had to really cross that hump. And uh, with 30, 35,000 vehicles on the road now, uh, and uh, all these you know, early adopters talking about uh, their experiences uh, to uh, the people who are inquiring about uh, electric vehicles also posting on the social media, as I said, has uh, really helped us uh, helped uh, in making EVs now mainstream. And the very fact that just one year back, uh, the people who used to buy EVs as per our data, only 35% of them were uh, buying it for primary use. Today, nearly 80% of uh, them are using EVs uh, as a primary car. Um, or the first car. So clearly shows that it is a, now a mainstream choice. We are also seeing that uh, the public charging is uh, not a big concern because 95% of all these buyers are actually using home charging most of the time. So this is also getting confirmed that uh, while charging uh, infra is definitely required, but it is more required on highways and less required within the cities and 95% uh, of the time people will use the home charging solution which is being provided uh, when the cars are being sold. 
Also, uh, one more information is what is very evident is that uh, uh, majority of the customers who are buying electric cars now are uh, primarily people who are doing more than 50 kilometers uh, every day. So, which means that uh, people who have high running are more inclined to buy EVs. This is the other data point uh, that we are, uh, you know, seeing. And also, very encouraged to see that uh, nearly 85% of the people who have bought the electric cars are generally taking them on highways also, uh, which is uh, a bit counterintuitive given that. Uh, um, we always think that uh, for uh, intercity electric vehicles would not be used. People are mostly using within the city, but the data says otherwise. So these have been, you know, some of the insights that we have gathered through research and, you know, whatever whatever is available over telematics. Right, right. So, so what can we expect from Tata Motors in the near term? And what are the future mobility solutionings that Tata Motors is working on? You know, we have taken the approach of... Uh, you know, three generations of electric vehicles. The first generation was uh, about uh, conversion electric vehicles. This was more uh, converting the existing products uh, into electric by taking out the uh, conventional powertrain and packaging the electric powertrain in that. But it had limitations related to range. Uh, so generation two was about adapting and modifying the existing conventional architectures to make them more electric ready so that it can deliver more range and uh, can give uh, more feature uh, features as far as uh, uh, what is expected in an electric vehicle. Uh, and the third generation would be uh, the pure EVs. And recently uh, we had uh, unveiled the Avinya, which is a pure EV. And the idea here is that this will be a grounds up architecture made only to deliver an electric vehicle. And this really helps us uh, uh, fully exploit the benefits of uh, uh, pure EV, which has absolutely no uh, uh, need for uh, compromising on the architecture and efficiency of what an electric vehicle can do because of having no uh, pressure of also accommodating a, a, a conventional powertrain. So this is this is something which. Uh, will be uh, coming in future, which will be a very futuristic electric vehicle with a very novel concept on the same footprint uh, of the vehicle. We will be giving more space in the cabin and the whole in-cabin experience will be uh, to the next different level. So it is very experience focused uh, concept and this is what is going to come by 2025 is what we have said. Right. Yeah. So yes, I, I saw the Avinya concept EV, and I was completely blown by uh, the the concept EV, and I, I truly uh, felt that oh, here we have a a world standard product from uh, you know Indian company. So uh, would you like to you know talk a little bit more about the, the Avinya, the concept EV, elaborate a little bit more on it, and when do you think it'll be available to to the market? So Avinya is a generation three concept, uh, which is a pure EV and uh, a pure EV uh, is basically uh, allows us to not only uh, create a perfect orthogonal space for accommodating batteries, which helps you deliver higher range, but we have also taken the benefit of uh, a pure EV uh, to create absolutely a novel styling. Uh, which uh, you know not only gives absolutely a new body style, which will have the agility of a hatch, spaciousness of an MPV, and characteristics and versatility of an SUV. 
That is the concept uh, of a vinya. The in cabin experience is going to be uh, uh, very immersive, I would say, and uh, it will be very techy, but uh, technology being non-intrusive uh, is the concept that we are trying to drive. Uh, and uh, this is a product which is going to be uh, greater than 500 kilometer range. So this is a product that uh, we want to bring in 2025. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So at, at the COP26 summit, Indian government has put a 2070 roadmap for zero emission. What are your views on that? And, and uh, what is Tata Motors' vision to get to or, or roadmap to get to zero emission? So government has, uh, you know, committed for 2070 as the timeline uh, for uh, net carbon zero. And uh, we have been working uh, for uh, past few months on this uh, uh, in terms of defining our, uh, you know, net zero emission timelines and target. And this is something which uh, uh, we have still not announced publicly, but in very near future, we are going to do that uh, hopefully in the next uh, you know few months. So I would uh, uh, at this stage would not like to uh, explicitly, explicitly state, but we have done a lot of work and thinking on this and uh, we aggressive timelines uh, to uh, really commit to a net carbon zero uh, status for ourselves. Right, right. So we've seen some fantastic innovation here in India. So there are some startups who are doing some really crazy things, you know, right from the battery tech to, to, to clean energy to the, for the infrastructure to uh, electric vehicles, electric scooters, electric three-wheelers. And, and there are companies who are also working on autonomous vehicles and they're going brave and way out and look, trying to solve the uh, uh, level five autonomous uh, uh, level problem. And, and, and in Chennai, from the IIT, Madras, there's, there's a startup which is all also working on e EV tolls. So, uh, what, what what's the Tata Motor stance? Are you looking at collaborating, partnering with these startups, researchers, academia to you know with a vision to accelerate R and D in uh, the mobility uh, here in India? We have been in constant touch with uh, multiple startups uh, and uh, also major engineering institutes. Uh, we are working with IITs. Uh, for certain efficiency improvements. We have been working with startups in uh, multiple space, you know, who work on algorithms uh, to make our systems uh, uh, more efficient, uh, whether battery management system, uh, you know, primarily that's the focus. Uh, and uh, also we are working on certain, uh, with certain uh, startups uh, who are working on breakthrough uh, battery technologies. And also there's a lot of collaborative work that we are doing. Uh, as this uh, uh, space is, uh, what to say, uh, in its early stage of technology development and a lot of breakthroughs are possible. So we keep ourselves in close touch with uh, multiple startups. Uh, of course, you know, beyond uh, with the academia and, uh, you know, with the uh, other uh, training institutes, we are also uh, partnering to, you know, upskill our workforce also in this area. Uh, we are also working on skill development to prepare the workforce. Uh, for uh, the future. Uh, so all these initiatives are on uh, and we'll continue to work with them. So so the future of, thank you, thank you, sir. The future of mobility looks super, super awesome and electric vehicles and you know, then there'll be solar vehicles and people are also working on autonomous vehicles. Then like you spoke about, you know, there are people, there are startups in India itself, you know, we're working on EV tolls which according to you is the future of mobility and why? 
you know, I would say that uh, all of these uh, uh, would come, uh, you know, at different times. I would say all of them uh, will definitely see the light of the day. Uh, let's take, for example, autonomous vehicle and electric vehicles are not decoupled or connected cars are not decoupled topics. They'll happen and converge uh, together uh, in the same vehicle. So these are going to uh, gain maturity and uh, more of these features will become a norm going forward. Um, I would not have uh, uh, any, what to say, I would not speculate uh, too much at this stage on the EV toll, uh, but uh, definitely there's a lot of uh, uh, companies which are working on that kind of a concept, but uh, uh, would become a reality after a certain stage. Uh, there are, of course, there are certain concerns and all which will uh, be overcome over a period of time. So most of them will become real, uh, but at different points in time, I would say. Thank you, sir. Really, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Yes, the future of mobility looks super, super awesome. I believe that there needs to be a more collaborative approach rather than, you know, the siloed approach because so far, I think most of the companies, they work in a very siloed approach, but the future where we're going is very decentralized and, you know, we can leverage these great startups, great uh, entrepreneurs, uh, 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 academia who are researching and accelerating, you know, creating solutions in, in, in the field of, of the future of mobility and, and and i'm sure tata motors is at the forefront of of driving uh, that uh, conversation so wish you the very best looking forward for avanya and thank you for taking time and being part of the podcast and to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you sir really appreciate this